0: This is the PMP Industry Insider Podcast. You're hearing from Coal
1: March and Triangle Pest Control's Donnie Shelton and PCO Bookkeepers, PCO m a Specialist, and Turf Book's Dan Gordon, as well as some of the biggest players
0: in the pest control and lawn care industries we're talking about what is changing in the industry and taking you straight to the front lines of what the future holds. If you're ready to grow your pest control or lawn care business, you're
1: in the right place.
0: Hello everyone. Welcome out to another episode of PMP industry insider podcast, where we look at what's changing, changing in the industry and we take you to the front lines to those that are driving those changes in the industry. My name is Donnie Shelton, owner of triangle pest control as well as uh, the CEO of Comarch, which offers digital marketing and sales services for the home services industry, specifically in pest and lawn. As always, with my cohort? Is that is that a good term for you, Dan, cohort? That's it, that's it. So, uh, hello everyone, Dan how, how, about, how about the man that needs no introduction, the Dan Gordon, I think that's a better one. There we go.
1: Dan, you wanna say hi to everyone? Sure, hello everyone. Dan Gordon, PCO bookkeepers and obviously, uh, We do accounting for the uh, pest control uh, industry as well as merger and acquisition uh, consulting and uh, can't tell you how excited I am about today's guests. Uh, These guys have been clients of ours for several years. We've forged uh, an incredible uh, friendship and uh, they are doing some amazing things in the industry. Um, So uh, we are very, very excited to to have Brian and Mike uh, of Fox Pest Control um, and um, why don't you guys say hello?
2: So, well, Dan and Donnie, thank you for having us on. It's a pleasure. Uh, Brian and I are super excited to be here, and and would also just uh, say give a shout out to you guys. What great things you're doing in the industry, and you guys are coming becoming quite celebrities. So it's great to be with you. It's well, been... I don't
0: have anyone. I appreciate that. I don't have anyone asking me for my autograph. At least, at least not yet. Although I think Dan has has asked for it a few times, but normally it's associated with either a tax return or a check or something of that nature. It hasn't been because I've been talking <laughs> <Right>. myself.
1: <laughs>
0: but, hey, I, you know, I just want to echo what uh, Dan has said. I am super excited, you know, and, and I'm going to go a little bit further. Uh, just so our listeners know, uh, we have uh, Mike Romney and Bryant White. They started Fox Pest Control back in 2012. They are brothers-in-law, which, hey, I'm curious to hear about the family dynamics. But they started with their first branch in Oxford, Connecticut. They now have over 21 branches nationwide. Uh, of course, they have a lot of core values. We're going to talk about that. But the number one core value is to put the customer uh, first and at the forefront of their business. And, you know, one of the things I love about Mike and Brian is that any if you spend any time with them, you know that their values really do matter. And you get that sense. It's not just uh, something that's, you know, written on a wall or put on a plaque and then, you know, hung up on a wall. And so. They're really all about, you know, they have 18 core values. We're probably going to get into that a little bit and about being about relationships and, and obviously the model is working. And so the title of this episode is what can you know, what can we learn from door to door culture? And, and there's no doubt that Mike and Bryant are cutting a brand new road and they're doing really, really well with this. And so with that, I am going to start with, you know, the phrase culture eats strategy for breakfast. Now, I did not coin that term. I wish I, I wished I did, but I didn't. Um, this is actually, I think this came from Drucker, right? Is that, is that who coined this term, Dan? Big, you know yeah. the history. I think it was, yeah, I think it was Drucker, Drucker that coined. It. And of course, everyone has, you know, popularized this, but you know, when you see it in action, there's no doubt that this principle is true. Um, and you know, when we talk about the idea of culture each strategy for breakfast, you know, the proof is in the results, and there's no doubt with Fox. You guys have certainly, I think you've embraced this and, and and I am been very fortunate. I get to work with Fox and, and interact with Fox's team. And, you know, everyone I work with there is super nice, um, super responsive. And I mean, we all have our warts. I certainly don't want to make it sound like you guys are superheroes, though, though you are. But having said that, you know, I think it just shows an awful lot how much uh, culture can do and how important culture is. And so. My question for you guys is how important is it for culture to start at the top? Um, you know, oftentimes I know with me and I'm doing a lot of talking. Here, I'm going to I'm going to shut up. And Dan, you should have already told me to shut up by now. But, I, you know, terrible. to me, I you know, they always I mean, one of the things I've always heard is that, you know, a business is really a reflection of the owner. And so, let's talk about that a little bit. You know, I, and I want to get you guys' perspective on how important it is that it all start at the top. So, with that, I'll turn it over to you guys. Thanks, Donnie. Appreciate it. Um, and
3: uh, you know, they they say it takes a, a long time to uh, to make an old friend, and and we're well on our way with that. With uh, with Dan, we've known him for a lot of years, and appreciate his friendship so much. And looking uh, very much forward to the future with both of you, and and uh, creating some old friendships and. And um, the beautiful part of that is is the process. And um, and this memories that we get to make and the impact and the influence we get to have on each other's lives, it's it's just awesome. And just appreciate being here with you guys. And um, this topic of culture, I love this topic of culture. It comes up a lot, you know, uh, several years ago, as we started um, doing interviews for candidates in leadership roles and, and in operations roles, if culture was gonna come up in the interview, it was us that brought it up and um but but in recent years it's it's every candidate that we that we that we meet with they actually ask about culture so culture has become quite a quite a topic in, in just in, in all across the job industry in the, in the united states
0: so i would just say real quick i don't i not mean to interrupt you i just just for our listeners let's let's define what culture means you know i think a lot of folks talk about that and i think a lot of folks you know they, I just think it's a term that can be easily confused. And so just real quick, and and, and this could be Mike, you or Brian, either one. Let, let's start there. And I, my apologies. I know I asked you to go into it and, and we're going to come back to that. But I just want to make sure for our listeners, everyone's kind of on the same page. What we mean when we say culture. Let's start there.
2: But that's a great question, Donnie. You know, one of the things that Brian and I find as we interview people is, and, and for a second, I might just say what well, we believe culture is not. Although we think these things are important to have in a company, but most people actually we think misunderstand what culture is because when they ask that question, uh, what, is, what, "What is your culture?" they're looking for like good pay, good working hours, great benefits, good bonuses, good holiday pay and time off. Arts frappes. Yeah, good structure, respectful <laughs> boss. You know, a good orderly vertical structure, and those things are important. But that's what people think culture is. But uh-huh. our definition of culture, and, and what I, we think is a good definition, is really a set of values, attitudes, and attributes that if an organization passionately believes and strives to become, that, will, that is culture. And so, you know, really, how do we do that? And our definition is really developing the character of ourselves and developing the character of a person
1: is the best way to create culture. So oh, you yes. guys, so, so so you guys, it's kind of interesting. I guess it's it's built around the core values. And, and Donnie said something interesting about you know mission statements and, and core values. And you go into some folks' uh, office and they have their core values on the board. Uh, you know, a, a, maybe a um, you know a, a picture with a few core values. You guys actually have a book, uh, and and you've been publishing it every year for for several years. And it always amazes me that it gets better each year when you think it, it can't get better. And the first time I saw it, I said, geez, this is really cool. What would you use it for? And clearly uh, I now understand it, but maybe you guys could talk about, uh, you know, the 18 uh, uh, core values that you, you uh, that, that, that you promote and, and, and how the whole book, uh, the culture book works. The great question,
3: Dan. Um, and we we love that culture, book. We, you know the some of our greatest blessings that we get to experience really in life um, and all around and just the relationships we get to um, we get to foster and enjoy with people. And we've got we've got a great team here, and uh, that book is really the the result of of a lot of hours, um, a lot of heartfelt um, effort put in by a great team of people, and um, we're just so grateful to have those people who who put that together and take that book to the next level every year. And and I think that your question, Dan, actually ties in really well to what we're talking about because this um, this maybe a, a lot of times when culture is miscategorized or misunderstood, sometimes it's it, it's it's talked about in terms of the look and the feel and the touch of the experience that they that they have at the company, and that's that that does that does adequately hit on some things. But where does that actually come from? And why, why is the look and the feel and the touch and the experience that you have at a company, why is it even there? And we would just say that that's, <clears throat> that, that comes from the decisions that are made by, by the, those who are leading the company and how are the decisions that are made by those leaders, um, how, are they make, how do they make those decisions? And that's when we get into core values because core values are really the principles that drive those decisions. And where do the principles come from? Well, they come from our beliefs. What do we actually believe and who are we and, and how do we think about people? And, and, um, and, and when, we, when we can get articulate about the core values or about our beliefs that are meant to drive our decisions, well, then, it gets, then, then you start to create a beautiful culture. And when we can articulate those, and we can put them on a wall and we can put them in a book, Then then that actually activates and amplifies the law of magnetism, because when you're interviewing a candidate and they look on the wall behind us and they say they they start to look at our core values and they say, oh, I believe in that. And I oh, that that rings true with me. It starts to resonate with them. And so you start to draw in a
0: lot, a lot more quickly the kind of people that you want to work with. So let me summarize here just a little bit, because. By the way, I'm taking notes just in case you guys are wondering. I'm writing as fast as I possibly can. But it's um. so I want to back up. And again, this is more for our audience because you got to remember some of these folks may be driving or and maybe even working in the yard. I, I get funny stories about when people listen to our podcast. But so the definition of culture, just to reiterate. Values, attributes. And what was the third thing? Values, attitudes and attributes. Ah, Attitudes. And I love how you guys took this back to because I think this is such an important point to make is that, you know, how your company looks really comes from a set of decisions. And all of those decisions really come from values. And so the trick and, and I think this is what you're saying. And if I'm putting words in your mouth, please you know correct me. But I think what you're saying is, is that when you when you think about how you create this culture is really getting clear on what your values are and trying to attract people who share and appreciate those values and then all the other stuff kind of comes into play after that it gets pretty easy to and and by the way i as an owner this really resonates with me because I, i you know And I'm sure you guys have never had this situation, but I've certainly had it where I didn't share the same values as someone who worked with me (laughs) or worked for me. And it's difficult. Right. Um, So is that is that a good kind of summary so far that, okay, well, if you're really interested in, you know, getting serious about your culture, really what you're saying is you probably should get really clear on who you are and what your values are first. Is that
2: it? Well, you said it really good, Donnie. What we believe is being and becoming a great leader in order to help others become great leaders is the the purpose behind leadership and developing culture. And so if we want to improve our culture or we want to change our culture, it it has to start at the top. That goes back to your question. It has to be real. And that's where um, people that come in for interviews actually are, are a little bit cautious and they say, I love what's on your wall. I love what's in your book, but is it real? Because unfortunately, in today's society, you get a lot of companies that will put something on the wall, but the leaders aren't believing it, or the leaders aren't passionately living it, and they're not passionately teaching it. And, you know, a good example of that, one of the things that Brian and I have loved over the years, um, I I actually signed up with a marketing company to work for Orkin Pest Control in the fall of 1999. And I worked with Orkin for 15 years. And some of our best friends in the industry still are, technicians, branch managers, region managers, uh, division presidents at Orkin. And we are forever grateful for that experience and everything we've learned from them. One of the things that, that we actually struggle with a little bit in our company, and one of the things that we noticed is i personally visited over 35 different branches in 10 different states working for several weeks and months with in different branches at Orkin Pest Control, and, um, and, and Brian and I and our associates have been in a, almost 100 different branches. And that culture there is great. We love it. But what can happen is there's even a little bit of a subculture in every branch because of the leader and the branch manager. And by far and away, the majority of those branches are awesome. But you can tell really quickly when you go into a branch where that branch manager, and, and it happens in our company, is doesn't passionately believe and follow and live those core values. It has a huge impact. Major impact. And, and so we like to say that nothing devalues
3: your core values quite like not living them. So
1: I have that's a, a great, question. That's a great statement. So so the, the core values that you have, there are 18. And uh, I don't think that we're going to have time to go through all of them, but uh, there's two of them that I really uh, would love for you to expand on. Um, one of them is, you know, when, when somebody comes to work for you, that's a job. Right. I, oh, OK, I'm going to get a job. But one. But number two in your core values is extreme ownership. And you could take that. Well, the owners, that's a, a, an extreme ownership of the owner. But it's really of the, 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 the team member. Can you talk about extreme ownership, what that means and what you expect from uh, folks who are joining your organization, um, you know, and, and, and how they uh, embrace that?
2: Um, Dan, Dan we'd love to. I, I might just mention as we start talking about extreme ownership. You know, we do have 18 core values, and that's a lot. And we <laughs> sometimes <a> <laughs> if, we, if we have too many, right?
1: There's, there's right. experts out there that will
2: say you should only have five or six or seven. You know, so people can remember and really stay on track. But, but, um, but we have 18 because there's a lot of things that we are excited and passionate about. And, and, and where we got them from. We get that question all the time. Where do we get these core values mm-hmm. from? And, and, and the reality is. Um, almost none of them are ours. We've <laughs> borrowed them, learned, stole them from people. Uh, but, but I prefer the term borrowed. And what we know about great leaders is everybody that we talked about is happy to say, yeah, um, you know what? I've learned this. I'm so happy for you to be able to to take that term and use it in, your, in our company. And so when we talk about extreme ownership, um, there's a book that we just love um, by Jocko Willink and, and Leif Babin awesome. that,
3: that is awesome.
2: So a lot of you listening to this have probably read it. If you haven't already, we would give them credit and we would tell you to go read that. But um, taking responsibility uh, for things is who we are and what we do, and and we we like to talk about the the zero one hundred principle. Brian, do you want to talk about that?
3: Yeah, we love uh, we love this principle. This was taught by John Izzo, and um, so it's just a, it's a it's it really embodies this this principle of of, of really accountability. Um, it, and it, and the, the beautiful thing about this is, is in a in kind of an entitlement and a victim mentality generation, this, this principle of extreme ownership completely dismantles a, a victimization kind of a mentality. And, um, you know, some of the great things about, the, about this is when we talk about 0-100, it's, it's we take 100% responsibility and we have zero excuses and so and what does that look like really on the ground or in our operations or with somebody on the phone if if you have somebody that's um you, know, you get an upset customer on the line and they're complaining because a technician did something terrible at their house and and um and the person that's on the phone man what do they do um when they do they you know do they they step up and be the hero and throw the technician under the bus or do they just get to own the problem and and that's, that's really what it epitomizes is, is somebody who's epitomizing that value just steps up and says they, they apologize on behalf of all of us, and, and they seek to make it right, but we don't throw somebody under the bus. We just, take, we just take full responsibility for that. One of the great things about that principle is that, boy what does that require if I'm not going to throw somebody in the, under the bus and elevate myself? Well, that does require a degree of hum- humility. It also is a lot easier if I love the guy that that, uh, that's out there spraying the houses and I really appreciate him. And, um, and so there's just a lot of good attributes that that, that that core value really that that you have to embody as a person to, to, to totally
0: exemplify that. So I want to, I want to back up just for a second, because um, again, I'm, I'm trying to go into the seat of someone who's listening to this and, and, you know, and I will tell you for, for a number of years, it took me. And look, I'm not a very smart guy, so you, you all can laugh. But I really could not get a handle on what culture is, and then how do I, how do I implement it? How am I intentional about it? Now, of course, my business, as you can imagine, is pretty disciplined, pretty organized. I mean, it, it, it took on kind of Donnie's personality, right? So the culture is always there, right? I, I mean, I was probably overcomplicating it. But one of the things that you said, and I really, really liked is that when you're developing a leader, it's being and becoming a great leader. And so I wanna know, you know, Mike, you and Bryant, how are you becoming better? Like, what's your process to say, hey, I know for me personally, I always try to read a book and sometimes I have to be very careful, right? Because I wanna implement everything. And when I read a new book, it's like, ooh, you know? And so I have to to watch myself, but at the same time, you know, I also understand I've got to be 5, 10, 15 years in front of Triangle, right? Because I am the leader and I have to exemplify what we're all about. And so I'm curious to know, how do you develop yourself? I mean, you're not going to go to business school and say, hey, here's all these values and there you go. Like, what
2: do you what's your what's your process? That's a great question, Donnie. And I would just back up just a second on that and just say you referenced Brian and I's relationship as brother in law's earlier. And I might just address that and then, and then talk about your question in that context is that Brian and I were both successful and, and we just believe we both would have been successful uh, doing our own thing or and we were doing our own thing before. But as we've come together, there's so much uh, synergism and power and energy and excitement and wisdom that comes when we come together. And um, that's been really important for, for the development of our growth and surrounding yourself. With the best possible people. And Brian and I believe that there's a principle called the inner circle as we surround ourselves with the best people possible. And I am infinitely better and wiser and smarter, and my attributes are better because of him. And that's just what we believe. Now, there's a principle for us to be able to take ourselves to the next level, it is difficult at times. And when we're looking at our company and our culture, we really have to look in the mirror and say, man, how am I doing as as developing myself as a leader and we call it an individualized leadership plan and everybody in our company needs to have one at, at all levels and that really is a plan that we have it's actually typed out and written of what are our strengths and weaknesses where are we going how do we be vulnerable with the people in our inner circle that we surround ourselves with to talk about how do we grow ourselves and and, and how do we stay in our strength zone so um, the biggest thing that will improve your culture and will improve the quality of leader in your company is you developing yourself. And the outcome of that can be a little bit ambiguous. So so it really is the daily process. What are we doing? And in that individualized leadership plan, what are we doing on a daily basis of a process that's process oriented that will actually produce the outcome down the road?
1: So a question um, on innovation. And how you think about that to switch gears a little bit? Um, one of the things that, you know, when I got into the industry, people were like, geez, why do you want to get into this industry? It's, you know, you're killing bugs and and, and they just didn't understand it. Right. And so um, uh, and, and and at the end of the day, there, you know, you're not working for this crazy software company that's, you know, Google, that's got all of this really awesome innovation Yet you guys innovate daily, and one of your core values is shoot the sacred cow. And one of the quotes on your website, which I love, is "Grandma says I cut the end of the ham so it would fit in my pan." Can Can you uh, kind of go into that as it relates to innovation and and uh, talk a little bit? Um,
2: yeah. So you know, it's interesting. We we get asked this all the time because. Uh, Because we get looked at as a door-to-door company, because we do door-to-door. And some people look at us as a door-to-door company, and other people look at us as a traditional company that happens to do um, pest control, or that happens to do door-to-door as a growth revenue. But we look at ourselves as a leadership development and relationship-based company that happens to do pest control, that happens to use door-to-door as one of its venues. And that is really an important way to look at things when you talk about innovation, Dan, and kind of how we do things we don't view ourselves as a door to door company. We actually sometimes don't even view ourselves as a pest control company, even though that is what we do. We actually view ourselves as a, a company that loves people and that grows and develops leaders. And so as far as being innovative, I'm not sure if we're innovative, that's just what we believe. And and following that principle really does probably make us different because that is something that's different in our company. And, and you know, what's like, the
1: grandma says quote, <laughs> what was the question Dan? What what was the grandma says quote? The yeah, I cut oh, the end of the ham so That's, I fit the, my hand.
3: that's a great story that, that that helps us to understand this this idea of challenging traditions. It's the it's the young bride who's um uh you know recently married and they're they're making their first Sunday dinner together and they decide they want to roast a ham and and they pull the ham out and they're they're, they're and, and the and the bride whacks the ends off the ham and puts it in the pan and and the and, and her and her and her sweet husband says well honey what do we can you explain to me why we cut the ends off the ham and um, she says well that's just because it's the way my mom always did it and um, he says well why does she do it she says well I don't know let me call her so she calls mom and says mom why do we whack the ends off the ham and she says well honey I just learned how to do that from my grandma or for from my mother and so she calls grandma who is fortunately still living and, and talks to grandma about Process of why she cuts the ends off the ham. She says, "Well, well, honey, it's because um, because the ham wouldn't fit in the pan if I didn't cut the ends off." <laughs> and, um, and so there's a there's a good example of a of, of a of a sacred cow that needs to be taken behind the woodshed and shot um, <laughs> with good ham here. And so we do we just challenge tradition and um, the way that things are are, are being done. We uh, if if we find ourselves doing something and and we ask ourselves why and the answer is because it's always been done that way or that's how I was shown to do it, then then um, we actually start to look for the principle of, of 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 decisions that were
0: made to to drive that decision is the okay. process and,
3: and so are
1: so processes.
0: Mm-hmm. going so let me let me kind of again summarize here, and I'm just clarifying a little bit. So Fox passed Fox leadership development relationship company um, where the mission is to grow and develop leaders, which I love. I think it's a great idea. Uh, The mechanism to do that is these ILPs, these individual leadership plans. And I remember Mike talking about this at CO2. Um, Can you just describe a little bit like what's in there? Okay. So I'm a technician and I work for uh, for Fox and and, you know, I've, I've been asked to develop, I am, am I developing this plan? Is my manager developing this plan? What's going in this plan? Can you just kind of talk about that a little bit?
3: The great process, Donnie. And, um, you know, what's awesome is, is that all of us, even myself, I have an individualized leadership plan and you're absolutely right. It goes right down all the way to the technician and, and, um, and shortly after he's hired, he should be going through a leadership plan with his, with his leader. And, um, what's cool about that process is that that we're not only engaging the technician in, in this, in this journey of leadership development, but the leader who gets to take him through that process is also growing as a leader. And, um, and so he's, he's taking on responsibility, It causes him to stretch and to grow. But to your question, what's, what is, what's in there um, and whose responsibility is it? Those are really two um, really good questions. I would say, first of all, one of the, one of the, the, the defining principles of a leadership plan is, is that whose responsibility is it to grow me as a leader? Well, that's my responsibility, 100%. And if you're to ask a technician or a service manager or a branch manager or a customer service representative on the phone, whose responsibility is it to grow you as a leader? It would, it always resides squarely on the individual's shoulders to grow. And that goes back to the the, the pattern of leadership at Fox is that to grow myself as a leader, so that I can help others to grow as leaders as well. And and so ha- what are the tools? How do we get there? Well, we definitely need mentors and um, we need good leaders who can help us. And so part of the process is is to work through a strengths and weaknesses list and to kind of give yourself a self-assessment, but to also talk that out with a with a leader that's over you and that can help you to identify those things. Because sometimes it's difficult to see ourselves clearly. We look at ourselves almost like through a glass darkly and it's It's it it can be challenging to to really fully see ourselves. And so a a good mentor can help you with that. And then to talk about other things that are really key is, is would be what are their goals and what are their what's their purpose? I've heard on your podcast lots of times talking about the why. Why are we why are we doing business? Why are they there? And you know what's interesting about why is is that sometimes it's fuzzy in people's minds, and that's very similar to to core values and principles and beliefs. They they actually know what they believe, but have they really articulated it? And people know why they're there, but have they really thought it through and taken the chance to really kind of write it down? And so we get pretty clear on on some of their reasons why they even come to work, and um and that always ties back in. And and the the first answer they give you is always going to be kind of a surface answer. So if you penetrate with another why on top of a why on top of a why and you kind of go a little deeper, you usually find that it's it's always related to their family or a desire to be happy or um, things that are just near and dear important to them. And when you can tie what they do every day to um, the things that really matter to them, boy, then you've boy, you you, t- you tap a whole new level of motivation in a person. And then you go beyond that and you start talking about, well, who's who do you, who do you spend your most time with? And Mike referred to the law of the inner circle. And boy, we come, we, and this is a great John Maxwell principle. He's a great, um, he's one who's taught us a lot through his books and, and different things that he does. But boy, we come a lot like the the people we spend the most time with and, um, and can we elevate um, our vision on who we're spending our time with so that we can elevate ourselves. And we talk about other things like what books are they into and we help them set goals and, and, um, but, hey, you know this this idea too about uh, about uh, making a list of strengths and weaknesses. It, it's actually not a point to focus on our weaknesses and to focus on on how do I overcome my weaknesses. It's actually more of a focus on how do I utilize my strengths to become more successful and then and then, how do I work on my weaknesses to an extent that they don't hold me back. But our purpose in life and our effectiveness in life will always be how close it will all be closely
2: related to how well we can tap into our strengths and develop our strengths. One other we thing, that, <clears throat> Brian, is that when an individualized leadership plan is done correctly and right, they feel that we care for them because we actually do because it's real, but it creates an extreme loyalty. Um, and I'll give an example of it could be with anybody in the company, but with our sales reps, they'll go out and work really hard over the summer and and sacrifice everything and work six days a week, 10 hours a day. And some of them will do really well and make 20 or $30,000 or even more in a summer, which is a lot for a college kid. However, there's some that don't do very well and might make six or seven or eight or $10,000. But we're always amazed that even if they don't reach their goal financially, they come back and work again and are so grateful for the experience because they felt that they grew over the summer and so when people feel like they're growing individually it just creates extreme loyalty and they don't ever leave
1: Absolutely. So the, the first thing i would say is six or eight or ten thousand dollars for a college student is still pretty good right but, <laughs> but some of these door-to-door guys make a lot of money but what about the guy who is just a really good technician and doesn't want to be a leader he wants to come and and, and take care of his customers and whatnot and be led <laughs>
2: Does he have a home that's a great question you know not everybody in the company and not everybody in the world wants to be a leader or doesn't want to aspire to be you know a service manager or, or, or kind of move up in, in, in that vertical um, opportunity and so we l- we love people that that want to be technicians and and what's most important with that technician that's what that's what um is the foundation of our company is our technicians that go out and and service people and so their relationship with the customer is so important, and that brings us to probably our first core value, which is most important. If we could just pick one, and could only have one, it is that relationships, fir- relationships first, or relationships matter. Um, that is that is so fundamental that the that the relationship is more important than the problem. And so, if that technician believes that, and we can develop those values in them. They represent our company, and and that's really the strength of of the of the values that we believe is that technician. I would also say to that, Dan, that that
3: fundamentally it's so important. Everybody wants to feel known, everybody wants to feel valued, and everybody wants to be inspired. And and as a leader, that's really our job is to make people feel known, valued, and inspired every day. And that that doesn't um and, and the fact is that that every person is going to have an impact and an influence on another person in their life. And that, and it's, if we talk about leadership, leadership is influence. And that's a John Maxwell definition, that leadership is influence, nothing more and nothing less. And, and so when we, people, I believe, most people, in fact, everyone, I would say at Fox, um, cares about having an impact and an influence on other people. Whether they're ever going to be a leader over a group of people at work or not is probably irrelevant because because they have they are they have to first learn to lead themselves and a technician he, he is actually aside from serving his customers he also actually he is a leader on that route and and um, and that's important and then at, of course we the one of the things that we say at Fox often is that if the principles and the things that we teach and we learn in our company if they don't echo and resonate in every hallway of every chamber of our lives, then we're missing the point. And so so the principles beyond what we teach at work um, really help to enrich the lives of individuals at home and in their
0: personal and social lives. So and, I have a question. This is and, and, and again, I know I keep asking summary questions here, but I just want to clarify. That's all. I want to make sure that some, someone's listening and they get the most out of what you guys are saying because I mean I think this is this is gold. You know, we talked about how you know the definition of culture values, attributes, attitudes, right? And 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 if you really want to get serious about defining your culture, it's really about identifying your values. And so I this is kind of a two-part question. Number one, How do you identify your values and number two if you have values like you you identify these values how do you align them with correct principles that will help you right because you may value something that is probably not helpful right (laughs) i mean i i'm i mean i know you guys don't i probably do but um you know i'm just thinking about you know some people like hey they value maybe playing video games for 10 hours a day, right? It's a value, it's where they spend their time. That's not necessarily aligned with a good principle, right? And so does is that, is that question make sense? So it's kind of two. Number one is how do I identify my values, right? I'm, I'm, a, I'm a leader, I'm an owner and I want, I want to go through this process, right? So number one is how do I figure out what it is and clarify that? And then number two, how do I make sure that what I clarify, I really believe in and it's aligned with something that's going to help me? In my company?
3: First of all, I'd say, Donnie, um, one of the things we've just been, as um, we've engaged with your company at Coalmarch, um, you know, we felt uh, it, it's an experience to engage with Coalmarch. And I would say the same thing about PCO bookkeepers. And um, what a pleasure it is. Y- you can feel the values actually radiating from the people that work in your office. We can feel that. And Mike and I have talked about that. Um, Shortly following our our first engagement with each of you and um, and and what a pleasure that's been and and so you you know it might not be as difficult as you might think Um, and You know I think that most people Learn over time they they develop um, a little bit of a language you know almost a vernacular to in in their in their day-to-day what they talk about and things that are important to them and um, it, you know it, it goes back to the, to this principle of of just always learning and always growing and trying to develop yourself we we're always into books um we're always into um, learning from other people and and we just uh, we just believe in the fact that that when you hear something that's true when you when you when you find a, a belief or a principle that, that that you believe in that that actually is true that that strikes a chord inside of you that will resonate with you and, um, and as, as, that, as that starts to resonate and it rings true, then you start to kind of vet it a little bit and try to try to articulate it a little bit better, put it down on a piece of paper. And, and before long you've got yourself a, a well- articulated principle that um, then you can kind of categorize them, put them all down, and then just kind of prioritize them. Which, what ones do you think would be would be helpful to you in your business and, and, um, and, and that process, um, Will eventually develop a list of core values. I would say that when we first started, I'll never forget um, one of the conversations that Mike and I had when we when we ever started Fox, and it was when we were talking about starting Fox and and how would we structure our company and what role would we play and, and what would the ownership look like and and um, and do we even want to do this because because. Um, Dave Ramsey says the only ship that sinks is a partnership.
1: <laughs> and, <laughs> Good old Dave Ramsey. <laughs> oh gosh, is that, there's a lot of truth in that. <laughs> <laughs> and,
3: and you know, we're, we're, as, as you pointed out earlier, um, we're related and, uh, among all of the, the greatest blessings I've had in my life, especially in a professional realm, but even in my personal life has been the relationship that I've had with this guy with Mike Romney. He's, he's a, he's a guy of, of sound judgment. He's, he's really generous. He has, um, he has incredible discernment and the ability to, 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 to make good choices that you can rely on. He's consistent. He's got an incredible character and, and, um, and my friendship with him and my relationship with him is, is, is by far more important to me than any amount of money, any problem, any, any need that I might have to satisfy or gratify my pride um, that relationship is crucially important. And, and the foundation of we started us deciding that the relationship was going to be more important than any problem or any amount of money that would come up. And, and that's, that's really where the, our first core value came from was, was that belief and that value that would mattered to us. And so it's our number one core value. And, um, and so over time, Dan, to answer your question, we just, we just kind of learned um, to how, how to articulate things we believe in. And, and we've heard other, other great people. Dave Ramsey's a great example. I mean, a lot of our core values are, 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 um, are right aligned with his, right from the Lampo group. His core values are very similar to ours. Some are even the same. Um, this idea, this uh, principle of extreme ownership, those, those things all come from other great people that just resonate with us because they're true principles.
1: So one, of the, so one of the things that uh, as far as um, old school, this would have been really not a, a something that you would want. Uh, one of your core values is self-employed mentality. So years ago, that would be, gee, uh, I am intimidated by a guy who's going to come and has a self-employed mentality because he's going to leave and become the competition. But you guys have embraced this. So, so can you expand on that a little bit?
2: Yeah, you know we we love that core value. Dan is that uh, um, this isn't a job. We all act like we own the place. A lot of it goes hand in hand with the team. We're team members, not employees. And we want everybody in that situation. We want to empower people to be able to act like they would if they owned the place. Um, And when you have, when you take off, uh, when you put on your president's hat, we've got a great guy with this, Mike Paulson, that has got a lot of experience in life, and he says, man, when you put on your president's hat. Um, you would probably make the same decision too and so empowering our people to feel like what would I do if I did if I was the owner is so important to get that perspective and it's a new perspective that a lot of times I don't think companies embrace or that they don't teach and that's why we're so successful Brian and I just believe in our people we believe that whatever they're going to do we we've got their back and we're going to support them and we're going to believe in them and they know that and so that empowers them to do a way better job and to, and to have a lot more buy-in and loyalty because of that attitude so how many employees roughly right about now well i think we've got um you know at the peak of this next summer we'll have close to 2000 right now i think
1: we have about 1400 but we will add about 600 in the next few months <laughs> and, and 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 where i was going with that is when you build an organization like that is there politics in the organization and so or is there a jealousy factor you know that whole self-employed mentality how do you you know geez I don't want to make this guy too good because he's going to be better than me and you you see that happen in large organizations all the time and how do you kind of squash that oh Dan that's a great question <laughs> you know uh
3: it, it it is it is helpful to have the core values written on the wall because we can always draw from them and teach them. And so when we start to see behavior go awry, it usually comes from somebody who's not quite aligned on a principal basis. And um, politicking is there, there's I'm sure that it happens because um, really where that comes from is it comes from it does come from pride and the need to be validated and and wanting to elevate yourself and those different things and and um, there's not really room for it here. So when we find it, we just try to extinguish it as, as quick as we can, and, and make everybody feel known and valued and inspired in their role, and help them to see a vision of where where we can go. Um, but uh, politicking really comes at the uh, at the expense of our first core value, and um, which is relationships are first. And and it's it's actually I don't see it, um, it, it much at all, it, or if at all, at our company. And and
2: um, We're just grateful to have good people that that don't really do that as much as, you know, I will add to that is things do come up. Right. And one of the things that Brian and I have have learned is to communicate early and often when there is a challenge or there's somebody that may be not aligned with our core values. Um, And and one of the things that, that Brian and I had to learn early on is to not not fear. It's one of our core values is that we make decisions uh, we're not going to make decisions based on fear and so if there's somebody that isn't aligned with our core values we we talk to them in a respectful dignified manner but we are very direct with them and and really we 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 want to correct that behavior we hope that they do it themselves so they can see the vision we'd rather create the vision for them to follow however if if they do get out of line we we we, we just directly take that head on in an ILP situation an individualized leadership plan and, and, and you guys do this. And that's what great companies do is we just try and get that behavior in line with our core values. And if not, they just can't stay here anymore. That's wonderful.
0: I you know, every time we do one of these, I always wonder, like, how are we going to top this episode? And I certainly feel that way about this episode. This has been awesome. I have I'm not joking when I tell you I've taken five pages of notes. Um see all here i have just been taking notes left and right and you know i want to just do a quick summary for our listeners um you know just to just to recap what was said because i think this is very critical the fact that you guys have so many people and you've been able to create you've been able to really scale alignment and you know and what makes a what makes a light super powerful is when you can focus it like a laser and just the fact that you guys have been able to do that it's it's just an amazing thing and so Just to summarize, you know, we started this session with, you know, culture each strategy for breakfast. And I love the fact that you guys talked about values as being the number one thing because the fact is, is that the industry is going to change. The technology is going to change. Any perceived, you know, uh, leg up that you may have on competition, it's all going to change, right? And so at the end of the day, the only thing that remains timeless are values. And so I think it's great that you guys, um, emphasize that and and focus on that because i I agree with you one hundred percent that you know values drive decisions and decisions drive the business ultimately. but and then we talked about values and the importance of knowing what your values are, and then this whole idea of growing your your own leadership skills so you can grow other leaders. and then we talked about you know these individualized leadership plans. And then at the end of the day, making sure that, you know, when it, when it's all said and done, it really is all about relationships. And I, I just want to, and I'm not going to add to what you guys did, because I, I I certainly don't want to, I do not want to dilute anything that you guys have said, but just a reminder to our listeners, this is probably one of the most important things that I think you can do as an owner. You have to invest time into yourself. You just cannot continue to go, go, go. And, you know, and, and I know, this is something that a lot of folks when I say invest your time into yourself, I'm not talking about uh, going and getting the the massage or the pedicure, although if that's your thing, there's nothing wrong with that. what I'm talking about is really taking yourself on and asking yourself hard questions and really clarifying because the fact is you know you can't fill a cup from another empty cup right and so um, so anyway, I just you know I just want to thank you guys this has been a great great episode and I, and I know our listeners are going to really really benefit from it um, any
1: parting thoughts Dan before we close out I I echo your thoughts I, I think that what's really interesting here is we could take the word pest control out of the entire conversation and insert any other business and these the, the this overarching uh, uh, belief system is the way that you build a company and these guys you know, We've known them for I don't know five or six years, and uh, I've just watched you know well over a thousand, close to two thousand employees this year. It's just awesome, and uh, I can't say enough of that. And and, and yeah. these guys, you know, they 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 uh, really uh, practice what they what, what they preach. They're the real deal. Yeah, they're absolutely. the real deal.
0: <laughs> well, Mike and Bryant, thank you guys so much. I again, I think this is going to be such a great episode for our listeners. I want to thank you for your time. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for sharing your wisdom and what you guys have done at Fox. And and by all means, I always ask this to all of our listeners, uh, our listeners, all of our guests who come onto the podcast. If if folks are interested in learning more about Fox and your mission, I'm assuming they start with your website. Um, but would it be okay if they just reach out to you guys? Just you know, I mean, again, obviously, I know you're very busy, but um,
2: you know, I think as part of their own leadership, it would be great to learn from from you guys as well. It's one of the things that um, we've just been so grateful. So many people have been generous to us in the industry, and you guys are two of those people. And so we would be happy to give back in any way that we could. So we'd be happy to talk to anybody, give us a call or email us, and we'd just be happy to, to chat and get to know you. Awesome. It has
3: been just a pleasure and an honor to be able to spend some time with you two. Um, we've both learned so much from, from you, and, um, and, that, and it came with no, no promise of engagement on your on your end. Um, you guys have just been very helpful, very generous with your time and insight and wisdom and information and 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 you you two fall into a, a large bin of, of a lot of great professionals that have done the same for us. So we would we would welcome any calls and, and delight in being able to give
0: back. Well thank you so much. I appreciate that. And as always we're glad that you were able to join us here on PMP Industry Insider. If you found this episode helpful or any of our other content helpful please like us, review us, let other folks know. Um, I know for me personally, uh, I I guess since we're talking about values, you know, and I'm only gonna echo what Bryant just said, Um, I'm where I'm at today because people took time out to help me. Uh, And so I just wanna, you know, to our audience, please encourage you, you know, it's a little bit different, right? And in the old days back when I was coming up, I'd have to go and visit folks, but now we live in an age where we can share content and ideas a lot freely And so a good review or a like or something like that of that regard really goes a long way in in getting our messes out. And so with that, I'm going to close the episode. Thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next time. Take care. now. Thanks, everyone.